sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. What exactly is purgatory? Where did the idea come from and why should you care? That's what we're going to be talking about today on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into the topic of purgatory, we want to let, let you know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or if you have ideas for future episodes, please feel free to contact, to contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email. The address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. I am joined in studio once more by my pretty often now co-host, Renee Kranz. Hey, Renee. Hey, Chris. Renee, I actually have some episodes coming up in mind where I actually would have another, a guest co-host. <gasps> are you going to be all right with How that? How dare Can I you? do that? Or do I? You, I don't I, know. I ask the audience. That's <laughs> ignition at sfcatholic.org. <laughs> do you want Renee to stay or should she go? Uh, oh no, this me... <laughs> is really terrible. <laughs> please please be nice. Please be nice. We talked about last week about how sensitive she is. Right, so right. please be attentive to that. So, <laughs> Renee Purgatory, um, last week we talked about saints. Mm-hmm. This week we're talking about the souls and the place of the souls in purgatory. Why? Why now? Because we just passed All Souls Day, and November is kind of like All Souls Month. It is. It, it yeah. is. What does that mean? All Souls Month. So maybe there's uh, people who aren't Catholic, or maybe new Catholics, or maybe lifelong Catholics who just, you know, I never learned about this stuff. Right. What the heck do you mean? It's All Souls Month. <laughs> so usually we take the entire month of November to pray for the dead and the souls in purgatory, so that they may move along to heaven. Move along move sooner along rather now. than later. Nothing to see here. Yes. <laughs> sooner than <laughs> Nothing later. Nothing to see anymore. Nothing Let's go. <laughs> we want you to see actually right, right. God in the fullness of his glory. So we pray for you that that might happen. Right. So just real quick, just before we get into sort of the doctrine of purgatory mm-hmm. and praying for the dead and that sort of thing, um, practices. So is there anything that uh, Renee and Ryan Kranz do in November or, or not maybe you guys personally, but what are some things that Catholics in general mm-hmm. do or maybe could consider doing yeah. um, traditional November practices around yeah. this? Um, Ryan and I don't do anything specific together, um, but I do um, always on Sunday at Mass, and I should do it more often, but always on Sunday at Mass, I say the prayer for the souls of purgatory. Mm. Um, and actually this year will probably be the first year I'm doing this, uh, I have a home altar at home, and I have a, um, you know what I mean when I say a sugar skull. They're they're no. from the day Day of the Dead, and it's the the skulls that are painted, and they have like sometimes they have flowers like painted oh, on them okay, and stuff like okay, that. Yeah, okay. the little painted skulls. Okay, I have one of those that I got in California some four or five years ago, and um, I hear that if, if you have a home altar, you should put that on your altar mm. in November to help you remember the dead of uh, in your family. Okay. Okay. So, so that is my plan. Yes, right now it was sitting out for Halloween, but okay. <laughs> we'll move in there. So, um, but most parishes will have a book that you can write the yep. names of your family members and and friends and so on who have died, and they'll be prayed for during that time. So I know that that's usually done. I don't know if masses are offered besides the All Souls Mass. Uh, if people request it, yeah, of course that's norm- yeah, normal yeah. throughout the year. But yeah, so. Um, People, I know I've done this. It's not a regular practice for me, but I know that one uh, common Catholic practice um, to rem- remember, pray for the dead, um, 
is people will make visits, especially in November, to cemeteries. Mm, yeah. Whether right. it's to pray for their loved ones mm -hmm. or, to be honest, to pray for all those right. uh, who have died and are buried in that cemetery. Mm -hmm. Some people find that a little bit creepy because <laughs> November, you know, uh, usually daylight savings time sure. is kicked in, it's, it's dark. dark. But you know what? There might be a lot of people there who don't have anyone to pray for them. Exactly. So that's yeah. why one of my, so this is one thing that, we we do things like as part of family prayer, we'll we'll try to name people who we know who have mm -hmm. died, mm -hmm. the Bergwalds, yep. um, people that. But I like to add, and so for all the souls in purgatory, especially our beloved, and I might name particular family right. friends, whatever acquaintances, and for those who have no one to pray for them, right? So that to pray for the souls in purgatory who have no one to pray for them, right? Whether because yeah, for whatever reason that might be. I'm going to add that to my because during the Eucharistic prayers, there's always the spot in there where we, there's a little, I can't remember. It's always a little different where you pray for our souls of those who have gone before, however it's phrased in that particular Eucharistic prayer. And I always think to myself, certain people in my family, I'm going to add that, the uh, all the faithful dead. Yeah. For all the souls so, in purgatory. Yeah, all the souls in purgatory, but, but, and those who don't have anyone to pray yep. for them. One other cool little thing. prayer that I came across years ago in the monthly devotional Magnificat, a little, just a short little prayer by uh, 19th, maybe 18th century priest, um, Italian priest, Father Saint uh, Joseph Cafaso. Um, uh, he, he, he turns to Lord to be merciful, uh, for um, the greatest sinner in your eyes, Lord, the greatest sin in your eyes, the dying person. So right now, who's the greatest sinner in your eyes? Praying for that person. Um, the dying person in greatest danger of damnation. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. The most abandoned soul in purgatory and the most desolate person on this earth. Wow. And I, and I love that. It's very, it's very targeted. Yeah. Uh, specifically, the greatest sinner in your eyes, the dying person in greatest danger of damnation, the most abandoned soul in purgatory, and the most desolate person on mm. their You this might earth. have to, like, I don't know, put that somewhere so people can get that. Well, I just put it put in it, an episode of that's Ignition. True. <laughs> what, what more do you? Well, okay, send it to me in an email, okay. will you? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so uh, that's a practice that, yeah. that many Catholics do. Uh, but where did we come up with this idea? Why do we pray for the dead? And, and of course, the challenge is, is of course, for, for many Christians, uh, would say, but there's no such place. Like, you guys just made this up somewhere along the way. Somebody is either in heaven, and we talked last week about the saints, mm -hmm. or they're in hell. So and 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 the the, the saints don't need our prayers because these these are prayers right. not to the saints these are right. prayers for those who have died who aren't yet saints right um, those who are in heaven saints don't need our prayers because they're already in heaven mm -hmm. and those who are in hell our prayers don't do them right. any good because hell is forever so right. the demons and any human souls who are in hell. Um, our, our our prayers would be pointless. Right. So where did we, why do we do this thing called pray? Where'd we come up with this idea? Well, that that's a difficulty for our Protestants, mostly because the books of the Bible that actually mention the thing that we call purgatory aren't in their Bibles. <laughs> 
that's not helpful. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's most clear in those books. Right. Most clear. Yes. And now uh, uh, we'll talk about ways in which you can see how it's Im- certainly implicit right. in. Right. And of course, with it, there's the whole thing that there's all sorts of things that aren't explicit in Scripture mm-hmm. that all Christians believe in. Right. Um, or, or things that aren't. Like yeah. the Trinity? Well, the word Trinity <laughs> the is word not Trinity. scripture. I think it's pretty clear, but there are some there are some people who would claim the name Christian who would who say, don't. well, it's not clear at all. Right, right. Uh, in fact, it's not scriptural. Right. And therefore, we, like Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, mm-hmm. don't believe in the traditional doctrine of the Trinity. Right. They'd say that we are definitely Christians, though. So, right. Yeah, so there's that thing that, okay, it's implicit in there. Um any other thoughts on how you would answer the question, like, where do you guys get this idea of praying for the dead? Um, well, I think, wasn't it done in the Bible? I'm just going back to the Bible. I'm trying to think of, I don't know. Yeah, so it's, it's that, definitely it's part of Christian tradition. So yeah. Christians have been praying, so before we get to Scripture, um, early centuries, people prayed for their friends, family members, whatever, who had died. Mm-hmm. Now, people can rightly say, well, just because people are doing it doesn't, doesn't mean, mean they we should. should. <laughs> There's lots of things they do that we should people copy. That we, right, right, right. So, so that's fair. So I'm just there just pointing out that it's an ancient practice. Mm-hmm. You can all find all sorts of resources online showing how ancient the practice of praying for the dead is, right. the early centuries. Um, the, but the question, the question of is it biblical or not, well, yeah, we would say it is. So the Old Testament book, um, which is one of the books that you're referring to, um, I think it's Second Maccabees chapter 12. No, it was one of the Maccabees. Verse 46-ish, okay. I think. Um, so an Old Testament book, yeah, um, it's not in... Um, um, Protestant Bibles, Bibles yeah. or it's not considered, if, if it's in there, it's not considered authentic scripture. Right. Some Protestant Bibles actually do include it within the Bible, but sort of in like an appendix, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, but we find there in in the, the era of the Maccabean revolt, so a couple centuries before Jesus, mm-hmm. where some Jews rebelled against the Greeks who were ruling the Israel at the time, Palestine, the Holy Land. They rebelled against them, so there was fighting, literally, like, physically, like, like armies of Greeks and so on fighting armies of Jews. Um, and um, the Jews prayed for the dead. Oh, sure. So, now, the thing that's often pointed out, the thing that's often pointed out about that is whether or not you believe that you should pray for the dead— that was a practice the Jews did mm-hmm. before the coming of Jesus. Right. They right. did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, agree with it or not, whether you accept Maccabees as inspired or not, it shows us Jewish practice. Right. Um, so not Gentiles, but right. Jews. These were Jews yeah. who were praying for the dead. Why would they pray for the dead if, if they're in heaven, they don't need prayers if they're damned? So right. there's some... That's one thing. But in the New Testament, a couple of things come to mind. First of all, we read uh, St. Peter talks in his letters about the abode of the dead that is Sheol, which is not hell and not heaven. That by itself points to the fact that there's some other, at least one other place besides heaven and hell Mm -hmm. where, where the dead are. Now, Sheol is where the souls who died before Jesus, sort of it was the waiting room. Like 
They waited around. <laughs> they twiddled their thumbs. They listened to that really Putting good. In their time. Doo-dee-doo music playing on the loudspeaker, waiting for thousands of years, maybe. What time is like outside after death, we don't know exactly. So Yeah, but I can't even imagine it. Adam and Eve or Moses, David, they couldn't go to heaven mm-hmm. until Jesus right? paved the way. Right. So this is where they were. That's, but we but we see it more, I think, um, in a sense, it's implicit, but more, even more clearly, we connect some dots in the Bible this way. Um, we read at the end of the book of Revelation, I think chapter 20 or 21, about how nothing unclean shall enter mm-hmm. into heaven. Right. This is, this is my go-to, connect two dots, voila, you see, we didn't invent the right. idea of purgatory. It's there clearly, implicitly, but clearly in the Bible. So nothing unclean shall, unclean shall enter into heaven. But we also read in St. John's letters uh, about how there are de- sins that we can commit that are not spiritually deadly. Right. They're not mortal sins. They're venial they're, sins. Yeah, they're yeah. venial. It's what we call venial sins. Mm-hmm. Um, first I think it's First John chapter two verses three four somewhere in there. Um, if you're curious, email me ignition at sfcatholic.org, and I'll look up the specific refer- references for you. But there, there's not deadly sin. So one day I will die. Nothing impure shall enter into heaven. Nothing unclean shall enter. Into- I can't go into heaven with any sin or even sinful desire on my soul. Right. But 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 I'm also told in First John that there there are some sins that I commit that aren't deadly. Well, what about me? Right. That's where we get. That's where the idea of what we call purgatory. Yeah, the word purgatory is not in the Bible. Right. But the idea is present right there. Mm-hmm. And we see in Old Testament, except Maccabees or not, in the Old Testament era, the practices there. It was there in the New Testament and church era. We pray for the dead because we recognize there must be some way. And St. Paul talks about, in 1 Corinthians, about um, there's a purifying mm-hmm. fire by, mm-hmm. by which um, uh, we are, all the chaff is burned away and so which on. Which is where the purgatory, where that word kind of comes from. Is that yeah, right? Purgation. Like a purging? Yeah. Yeah, it's a purging. It's mm-hmm. a cleansing fire. So that's going to get into what purgatory right. actually is. Okay. But there, so the, the point of what we just been talking about is there are biblical um, indications, strong hints. Mm-hmm. The word purgatory, no. But the word trinity isn't in the Bible either. We already right. talked about that. Right. But the reality of it is described. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll get into more about it uh, in just a minute. But in case you're just tuning in, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, visiting today with Renee Kranz about um, the souls in purgatory, the reality of purgatory, praying for the dead, all the things. All the things. So <laughs> purgatory is a state right. in which we are cleansed of sin. The idea, we're going to talk more about what it is, but the idea comes from the Bible. Um, we're going to talk about what it is now, and we're going to talk about why we should care. Right. Okay. Um, so what is purgatory? I just kind of just gave a, a real quick summary answer. Um, it's a state uh, of existence um, after I die, if if I have any sins or non non deadly sins, venial sins on my soul, or any sinful desires, this is um, sort of it's like a it's it's like a it's an antechamber to heaven. It's it's where I will go. It's the waiting it, room. It's the waiting room. It, it's to be honest, really? it's like the shower. <laughs> it's the hot tub going into heaven. 
Is there a problem with the <laughs> metaphor? Bill has this look on his face like, you. Of, 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 what, what this is, because there's, it, no. it, it, there's a burning away that happens. Is that what happens in a hot tub? How well, hot it's a really hot tub? Hot, hot tub. All the chaff is purged. Okay. It's burned away so that you can enter into heaven. So we want to be cl- clear here. If you or any, if anybody goes to purgatory, they're going to get to heaven. Right. As soon as the purgation, the cleansing is done, they're going to into enter into the heavenly throne room, enter into the heavenly banquet. You will get to heaven. So purgatory ultimately will be temporary. At right. some point, the last soul is going to have the last speck of sin and sinful desire cleansed, and that man or woman, that soul will enter into the glory of heaven. And then they'll drain the hot tub and And then drain the hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> that um, was weird. <laughs> I didn't think it was weird. I, I, uh, so it's an antechamber, if you will, to mm-hmm. heaven. It's a waiting room for heaven. But there's a cleanse. So this is why sometimes it's also described like the idea of fire, right. so which is more akin to right. hell. Um, so there is some pain Associated with purgatory, do you know what? Do you know why that is, Renee? Why why would purgatory be painful? I've never thought of that question. Thought about it. I don't know. Because uh, it hurts to get clean. <laughs> that doesn't make so, any sense. You have to scrub it off. You do. I don't know. <laughs> there is a scrubbing. Yeah. That so there's so a purif- there, there is a letting. A, yeah. There's a purifying. Yeah. So if I have sinful desires, like um. I love money. I love, I'm greedy. I'm really greedy. Now, you're really selling that. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm working it. Call me Gordon Gecko, right? I, uh, Greed is good. I think is the line <laughs> from the uh, 80s movie Wall Street. If you just joined R, us, so I'm not please just, do not yeah, run yeah, away. Don't, don't. Uh, greed is good. Money is good. So, so I love money. Uh, now, now, hopefully not to the point where it's mortally sinful, but I've got a strong, disordered appetite, desire right. for money. Right. When I die, okay, that desire has to be cleansed. My desires have to be perfected purified, purged. And so it, it's sort of like, 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 um, it's like, I, 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 I'm like, if you're listening, you're not seeing what I'm doing. I'm sort of curled, curved in on myself. Sin curves me in. It, mm-hmm. It's like my body is like, it's my soul is disordered. So we sort of, the way that we become can get hunched over, hunched over kind yeah. of spiritually yeah. hunched over. Um, and so, in purgatory, I have to be stood upright. And just like anybody can tell you over whether it's a lifelong or because of a disease, that straightening out can be painful. Mm-hmm. Like you go to the physical therapist and and what do they do? Those those sadists, like they <laughs> they work on you and it can be painful. We love you, physical therapists. Right? <laughs> but but they know what I mean, yes. right? You, 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 or do you get braces? Yeah. That also you're straightening great, your teeth. Great. <laughs> great metaphor because I got I got multiple kids in and going into braces mm-hmm. right now. Um, so that does hurt. That straightening mm-hmm. out is painful. Straightening out our soul after we die is painful. Mm-hmm. So purgatory, that, that that's why you, so purgatory is in a sense painful, but it's a good pain. Right. It's a good pain because I know that once I'm 
perfectly purified, I will enter into the glory of heaven. And I want to be perfectly purified because now that I've, I'm dead, I realized some of my, my, my example earlier, if I'm really attached to money, mm-hmm. if I'm really greedy, I realize now that I've, oh my gosh, that was dumb. That was stupid. <laughs> I want to be cleansed of this right. disordered desire. And you can't do it yourself. From money. And I can't right. do it myself. Right. If I, we could do it ourselves, we would have done it already. Exactly. <laughs> so... So I need to be cleansed. And that's where, so in purgatory, what is the, this is one of the objections is all apart from where'd you get the idea? Okay. But does it this say like, Jesus isn't necessary, Renee? Like, what does Jesus have to do with purgatory? Here you Catholics go once again, did you forget that Jesus is our savior? Now you're making this place of purgatory salvation. It sounds like to me, huh? 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 What do you have to say to that? <laughs> I would say that he made purgatory possible. The, his act, his act on the cross, made purgatory possible. And the cleansing that happened is his blood right. that's cleansing washing me, yeah. washing away yeah. my sins and sinful desires. Yeah. yeah, purgatory flows from, and the purgation in purgatory, the cleansing, the purification, flow literally, well, metaphorically flows yes. from the cross. Right. It's the blood of Jesus Christ by which I'm saved on earth that will also cleanse me of my final faults right. yep. in purgatory. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's 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 the connection, okay? So why do we then pray for the souls in purgatory though then? Uh because they don't have anybody to pray for them. Yeah, but and, Jesus and it can lessen their time. They're being cleansed. So what what? It can what, lessen what, their what? time there. I mean, I have no idea how long we are going to be in purgatory. I guess it depends on how much you loved money. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, it can help lessen the time that they're there. And then that lessens the pain. Yeah. So they so can't, it, I believe they can't pray for themselves. They there, can't right? pray for themselves. Or anybody else. No, 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 right? no, no, no. They, they can, can pray, pray for, for okay. it. They can pray. So, okay. so we we can both pray for the souls in purgatory. Um, and we can also ask them just so we can ask each other. Uh, quote oh, unquote, okay, saints sure, on earth we're and each here. other saints in heaven. Exactly. <laughs> we can ask them to pray for us, but they can't pray for they can't pray their own way out of purgatory. Right. No, listen, we, there there are aspects of this that we don't fully understand mm-hmm. the why, but we do know, again, it, implicit, but taught nonetheless implicitly in scripture, ancient Christian tradition, we know that prayers for the dead are efficacious. Mm-hmm. They somehow work. They don't what does that mean? It doesn't mean that the prayers stop the cleansing. The cleansing is going to happen, but somehow (laughs) it speeds it up. Maybe it lessens the pain of it. We we don't know what exactly like the the literal mechanism is here, Mm -hmm. but we do know that when we pray for the souls in purgatory, that somehow... um, it's beneficial for them. Whether it speeds it up, it's like spiritual anesthesia that makes the scrubbing <laughs> less painful, whatever. We don't know. Right. We don't know. I think it's good for us, too. Well, it's certainly good for us to pray All for All praying other is good for to us. Pray, so, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and to be mindful of others yeah. is a good thing. Yeah. Um, and it maybe even helps us to start think about thinking about our own mortality right. and, and things, which is not actually yep. does not hurt us to think about. Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um so this is why that prayer of St. Joseph Faso, which begins, I was like, how does it start? Oh, my dear Jesus, I commend in a special manner to your mercy. My dear Jesus, I commend in a special manner to your mercy, the greatest sinner in your eyes, 
the dying person in greatest danger of damnation, the most abandoned soul in purgatory, and the most desolate person on this earth. So for me, again, we're focusing on purgatory here today. For me to pray with that most abandoned soul in purgatory, there is somebody at this moment, as you and I are recording this, and then later as people are listening to this, there is somebody in purgatory who's the most abandoned soul in purgatory. Mm -hmm. And somehow... My prayers for that person right now, as as I'm telling you about, it, I'm I, I'm making that prayer for mm-hmm. them. Uh, as people are listening to this, they can make that prayer their own. Somehow, through the mystery of of God and what what He does, mm-hmm. His thing that can cleanse and purify them and make their time in purgatory even shorter or less painful or whatever it is. Somehow they will get clean and enter into heaven more quickly, more easily, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we've got uh, about three minutes to go, Renee, putting on the hat of the listener, um, because I hear that you, you, you do a good job of uh, speaking on behalf of the listening audience. <laughs> what are, are there any other, we've sort of tried to address a lot of the questions mm-hmm. that maybe um, other other Christians in particular might have, but uh, anything else come to mind? And, and maybe one thing, uh, a question to ask you, why should people care? Uh, because it should give us great hope. Because if if we're going to purgatory, that's actually a good thing. Yep, it is. So should so I guess one of the questions that maybe someone would have is, should they be afraid of it? Ah, uh, no. I mean, there is... We don't I mean, really know, I guess. <laughs> well, the, there have been visions where saints have returned and talk about... I mean, the pain of purgatory apparently is pretty intense. Sure. Um, but remember, it's a quote-unquote good pain. Right. Um, it won't is it like the pain eternity. you have when you're working out afterwards? Maybe. 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 And the muscles maybe. are getting yeah. bigger. So so seemingly pretty intense pain. A lot of weird Not analogies like, here yeah, you, I used hot tubs. You're talking about... Getting bigger muscles. Right? I don't know. Um, it is so seemingly um, possibly a very intense pain, mm-hmm. but a good one because we know it's worth it. So there are some saints who, who experienced it and came back? Or like had there, like a near death type thing. Oh, no, Is that what you're talking the, the, about? There are multiple instances, um, alleged instances of people having visions of people in purgatory. Oh, okay. So where people oh, in purgatory yes. have come back, quote unquote, um, to those who are alive mm-hmm. and talked about purgatory. Now, mm. That's not official. That's not in the catechism. Right. So that's small T traditions. We can take that or leave it. Right. But there's been more than one instance of right. it. Do they all agree? Uh, I think they talk about it's how it red is. It's there. pretty intense. It's blue there. Yeah. Pretty intense. I don't know why I'm thinking yeah. of colors. So, but should we be afraid of it? No. Okay, because good. again, you will get to heaven. And we have no idea. Like I said, no idea how long. Nope. We don't even know what time is like really on the other side. I, so yeah. that's why I said it's not, and it's, it's not a, it's a state of existence. I'd say it's a place because place, what does that mean? We're talking about purely yeah. spiritual realities. Yeah. Like my soul, my body, my body is... When you start to think about this stuff, it gets pretty uh, heavy, and I just don't even know where to take it. <laughs> right. So, so and just as we're coming down to the last minute or so, why should people care? I think, first of all, pray for the dead. Mm-hmm. Pray, especially pray for those who have no one to pray for them. Pray for yes. those who are abandoned because they don't have anybody else. Pray for and babies who have been aborted. The, and, yeah, yes. yeah, uh, miscarried. Yes. Yep. All pray for all the dead because your prayers do make a difference. Mm-hmm. 
as you will find out, as I will find out one day, you will find out your prayers will make a difference. And then also, why should you care? Because as you already said, it's because it's it's great hope for us. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a gift from God that we have this place because most of us will not die perfect. I don't think any of us will die perfect. And so we're going to need a place where the blood of Jesus is going to do a final wash right. and lead us into, ultimately, into the heavenly banquet, the heavenly throne room to be with God himself. Yeah. Brene, thanks for being here once again with us today. Sure thing. And folks, that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, with any questions about this episode or ideas for future episodes. Until next time, may God bless you.